you for joining us for the Help for Wounded Spirits broadcast. We exist to help those wounded and suffering through life's trials. Here is our host and best-selling author, Doug Carriger. Great to be back with you, folks. We certainly hope this finds you well and in the arms of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We we continue to march on looking at the life of Christ. We continue to talk to Kevin. We find him in Madison, Wisconsin. He's still got a blown-up electric box out there. He's still got a slide-out that's not sliding quite right. We still need your prayers. We're still working on that. Kevin, catch us up. What's going on on this Friday? Well, this, the... the um the days are ticking toward this part that's coming in. I'm getting a new uh, tr- automatic transfer switch. So that I'm hoping will get me power and get me back in business. But till then, I've still got the extension cords running in. And then, um, yeah, the slide, it's, it's, it's uh, self-cannibalizing. It just, <laughs> because it breaks, it no longer tracks right. And then its pieces are coming off. And I, I've got a uh, an appointment next Tuesday to take it to the factory. I've got to find a place to stay while I'm there. Uh, I may have to travel out a distance from it. But, uh, yeah, that's what I'm going to do. I think I might try to stay in Indy or something like that, Indi- Indianapolis. Yeah. But, um, yeah, we're rolling forward. Moving, moving, moving. Got to keep on moving is what we used to sing in the Army. We continue to move forward with questions for Kevin. Where These are supposed to be the 100 hardest questions in the Bible, but I don't, I don't think they're very hard. Uh, I, I really don't. And uh, it's kind of bumming me. I'm looking for a real hard one so that we would we would stop and, and uh, that we would stop the roll of a hundred percent. And uh, <laughs> no, I've got to get a hundred. I just gotta. All right. Well, I'm telling we'll you, see. brother. There's no hard questions here. And uh, uh, oh. spelling spelling questions. Spell Mahershala. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I give up. Yeah. All right. How many people, I asked you this before, how many people were on the ark when it took off after the rain floating around in the world? Seven. Eight. There were eight Eight. people. Hey, folks, is this great news or what? They were all couples. We finally made it to a place of praise God. Oh, no, I forgot Mrs. Noah. I can't believe that. Oh, people always forget Mrs. Noah. You know, as a matter of fact, I I think we're going to run into her in heaven. She's going to say, people never remembered me. Where's this (laughs) Kevin guy who messed up on that broadcast on that Friday morning, man? I'm telling you. I'm sorry uh, in advance, Mrs. Noah. Send well, the message. Well, oh. you know, 80% is still a B. And uh, we used to tell our kids, can... if you get a C, you need to see me. If you get a B, <laughs> I'm going to let you be. But if you get an A, you're always going to be A-OK. So I tell them that in college and school. I'm still amazed that they all graduated from college. They keep on moving on in life. I'm blown away by that. But I will tell you this, my friend. 80% is honorable. 80% is the right thing. Let us know how you guys are doing out there. Did you get this did you beat kevin on this one give us a shout we want to know about it today 
today we're looking at the value of service. So we try to bring up characteristics and things of that nature. And I'm always telling people, if you want to heal, you need to help. If you want to heal, you need to serve people. If you want to heal, you, you get Christ, you tune in, you believe in his promises, you trust in him, and then you serve others. And this strange metamorphosis takes place where, where God starts using your pain, your hurt, your life being upside down, and he uses it for his glory. And we serve of a great God, folks. So serve that great God. If you uh, if you want to heal, you need God's help. If you want to heal, you need to help others. God will give you his help. God will use you to help others. So when I think of that, when I think of the value of service for others, the value of service, and uh, only fear the Lord, it tells us in 1 Samuel 12, and serve him in truth with all your heart, for consider how great things he have done for thee. Never forget what God has done for you. Never forget what God will do for you. Over in the book of Romans, the only chapter I ever memorized in the Bible, 12, I've Beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable, which is your reasonable service. So we serve God by presenting ourselves holy and acceptable, and then we serve others. I always remember that those wonderful verses in Colossians three. I I quote these all the time. And whatsoever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men, knowing that the Lord you should receive the reward of an inheritance for ye that serve Christ. And and we got. The those wonderful verses over there in 1 Corinthians. We know that where uh, we're told to help others in the junk we've been through. Kevin, serving God, man, it brings us to where we need to go. There's great value in service. Boy, yeah. You know, I preached a message on why I love serving God. And one of the things was the fringe benefits. And it says in Psalm 10, I think it's Psalm 103 or 102, it says, bless the Lord, O my soul. It might be Psalm 101, but bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. And so, I, you know, when we serve God, we do get benefits. And, you know, when you serve Satan, you don't get benefits. In fact, you don't even get paid. He says, show up and I'll pay you. It'll be fine. And he doesn't even pay you. In fact, he pays you in um, charcoal and then he lights it on fire. Yeah. But it's, it's just a terrible <clears throat> situation. But the Lord, you know, when we say, Lord, I will assert, by the way, the definition of service is to, to, to do something expecting nothing in return, do something for someone who cannot repay you. And so we're serving the Lord saying, Lord, I'm an unprofitable servant and I'm doing what's expected to do. If I get nothing out of it, I, you deserve it. And I'm going to, I'm going to always fall back on the fact that you deserve much more than I'm able to give. But God's like, you know what? I'm going to pay attention to this. I am going to give you benefits and you know that you read about there in Psalm 101, I think it is, or Psalm 102, but it says, uh, "Who healeth all thy diseases? Who uh, restoreth? You know, does all these things." So there's healthcare benefits. There's there's great uh, uh, workplace. There's great safety. You know, I'm I'm going to be uh, indestructible. I'm serving the Lord till He's done with me. All of these things are just great oper great great uh, benefits that come to serving God. So. But the decision has to be made, Lord, I'm going to serve you as an expendable unit, but knowing that God is going to be an honorable gentleman about the whole thing. Amen. Lord, I need you. What a wonderful thing, knowing that. And God is a gentleman, isn't he? And folks, as we move forward, the value of service is so important. And I, I think all the healing 
that really was concentrated that moved me forward the quickest in my life is what the fringe benefits of service, what Kevin was talking about, man, God blesses you when you trust him to heal you. And then it even gets greater when you trust him to heal others, when you bring others to the foot of the cross, when you bring others to sit down and say, Hey, I've been through some junk and what you're going through is real. And I want to help you with that. Let me introduce you to a great God, man. Life changes. We've moved along. We've turned a chapter, Kevin. We are finding ourselves continuing on with the life of Christ. We're in the book of John. We're in John chapter 12. We're starting in verse 1. We're going through 6 today. Then Jesus, six days before the Passover, came to Bethany where Lazarus was, which had been dead, whom he raised from the dead. I am so glad that God raises folks from the dead. And one day he'll raise those of us who have accepted Jesus. Christ as our Lord and Savior for all eternity to serve with him. And there they made him a supper. And Martha served, but Lazarus was one of them that sat at the table with him from dead to hammering some lamb, folks. God is good. <laughs> then took Mary a pound of ointment of spiker and the expensive stuff, the good stuff, very costly, and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the odor of that ointment. Then saith one of the disciples, old Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, <clears throat> which should betray him. Why was not this ointment sold for 300 pence and given to the poor? Then he said not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and he had the bag and bear that was put therein. <clears throat> and here is Judas. He's the treasurer. He's the thief. He wants the money. He doesn't care. He just wants to cause controversy. And let me tell you, folks, there's always one in a group. I find this. I hope I'm wrong. But there's always one in a group that's unsaved. There's always one in a group that's not trusting Christ. There's always one in a group that's going to throw caution to the wind and craziness and, and bring up things and say, well, why don't we save this ointment and sell it? Then we'll take the money and, and do the poor people. And we've got to get an answer on tomorrow's show. But here we are. Boy, Mary loved Christ. Mom Martha loved Christ. Lazarus is back at the table. They're eating. There's things going on. They thought Lazarus was gone. Can you imagine the jubilation? Can you imagine the joy? Can you imagine what's going on at that table? There's the God of all creation sitting there who saved Lazarus, who called him from the grave, who helped to pull the clothes off him, who wept for Lazarus, who did everything. He's sitting at that table in that one knucklehead, the treasurer, that one knucklehead's like, hey, wait a minute. Why didn't we sell this ointment? Why are we using these on Christ's feet? The one who can save us all, the one, uh, the one who brought Lazarus back to life, the one who changed everything. Well, let's take it from him and give it to the poor. And and over and over again in the Bible, we have these knuckleheads. And over and over again in life, we have the Judases. Over and over again, people. I remember people saying to me, "Why do you tithe, Doug? You could have a brand new car for your tithing." Well, I have more than that. My riches are built in heaven. For friends and 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 in these these knuckleheads that are there we're going to talk about them hang with us a second we'll be right back doug will return shortly meanwhile you're hearing this music while radio stations are identifying themselves and broadcasting advertisements
So in my mind, there's a couple things going on here. Here's a supper in Jesus' honor. Here they are. They're honoring Christ for bringing Lazarus back. They're, uh, man, there they are at the table. And, and Mary wants to have a special act of worship. She wants to do something special for the Savior, Kevin, the Savior who brought her brother back to life. She wants to recognize him as the Savior. And, boy, people wore sandals back then. And they didn't have the best of shoes. And when they went into a house, people had their feet cleaned. And she wanted to do something special, Kevin. And it freaked out Judas. Yeah, again, we see how, <clears throat> excuse me, evil works. And I think I'm allergic to Madison, Wisconsin, yeah. by the way. I, t- I told the church that Wednesday night. I said, I love your city, but man, it's it's stirring something up in here. But no, Lazarus was sitting there at the table. It's interesting, Lazarus, who was decomposing a few <laughs> days before that, he's now composed himself and he's sitting at the table. Yeah. <laughs> but, but he didn't compose himself. Jesus recomposed him. But he's sitting there, and I, I, I've got to say this. No record is recorded of any conversation with him afterwards. I'm sure he had a lot to say, and I'm sure people were saying, what did you see? What was it like? Never is there a time where anyone that died and came back in the Scripture, and there's a good number of people that died and came back in the Scripture, none of them are interviewed in the scripture where they said what they saw. In fact, Paul said this when evidently he was caught up into the third heaven. He said, I saw things that were unlawful for man to say, to be uttered. So I have an idea that whatever was said, uh, number one, there was nothing that of note to be recorded by the writer. Number two, the Holy spirit didn't want anything recorded. And number three, I think he had an, I, I think I had an idea, whatever he said, he's just like, Oh, brother, I I can't even get into it. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's just, and I think he just kind of was got really uh, whisked away into another land whenever he whenever he thought about it. But uh, he's sitting there and and uh, and he doesn't stink anymore. Everything's good. And Judas, of all things, one of the twelve, one of the inner circle. He's sticking his finger in the face of Jesus, you know, saying, oh, I don't, what about, don't you think we could have had better use for this? I don't, I don't like this. I I can't put my stamp of approval on this. You know, we're struggling to get by. Well, we're struggling because you're stealing a lot of the money, but man, this is just. Uh, brother, I remember preaching in a church. God really got in it. It was years ago. It was up in Pennsylvania. And afterwards, I mean, there's a great invitation, great altar call. God showed up. I walked out and the first thing I saw in the vestibule was a deacon with his finger up under the nose of the pastor Mm. with that, with that look of, I don't, and I'm thinking, I don't know what he's saying, whether he's saying, I don't agree with that missionary what he's preaching or whether i and i i don't think that's the case because he was kind to me but i think it was more like and here we are tonight we got a missionary and he has this some complaint probably about the bag you know something about the finances not about the love offering i don't think but more of more of you know did you notice the lights out and here we are needing new carpet you know whatever he was upset about there's always these people that want to go right to the to the um to the visible things and god's like you know you know what i didn't record what 
what heaven was like. Lazarus didn't make a statement about what heaven looked like or what the uh, paradise looked like. And, um, and by the way, just, you know, this is a sidebar as well. God did not record what Jesus even looked like or what any of these disciples looked like. No description is given of the inspired writers because it's not what's important. But what we see is the carnal mind like Judas coming right down to the lowest common denominator, the visible things, the money and uh, how sad it is, brother. I want to, I want to be, I want to take the high road in any situation and I want to give God the glory. You and me both brother. And, and, you know, I can't help, but think here's Mary and Martha, you know, their brother dies. They can't get a hold of Jesus. Obviously they're dealing with some type of PTSD here. They're, they're wound up. They're depressed. Life is upside down there. Their world is crazy. They send a message to Christ. They get the message to him. He, he waits past the three day point where supposedly the soul has left the body. He comes and he, heals and and life change well there's going to be some extravagant worship when that goes on there's you know folks listen here's a guy who stunk he's brought back and and you know there are people that spit in the face of what the holy spirit of god is doing here on earth what christ is doing through the holy spirit what what God in whole is doing in lives. And of course, we're going to worship God. We're going to prioritize Christ. This is his dinner. We need to prioritize what Christ has done. Mary's saying, man, we, this is, we're honoring Christ here. We need to value him. We need to do something valuable to honor him. We, and, 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 you know, and, and there's something there that we see there's value in service. And, and here's Martha serving people. So here's Mary doing something extravagant. And here's Martha's serving him and doing something wonderful and making a difference and all those things are going on and and what a God we serve what a great God we serve and she's saying you know what I'm putting Christ first he he brought our brother back to life Martha's like I'm gonna cook a meal man we're gonna get the best chow out we're gonna make a difference there's gonna be things going on that are different we're gonna serve God and uh, and, and old Mary's like man I'm gonna prioritize Christ let me see if I got some of that ointment I want to give the best to God. Folks, what do you want to give to God? You want to give him the best. And and, uh, and and there's a value in this service. Sometimes we forget Martha, but listen, Martha's cooking. Martha's making a difference. Martha's there. She's on the job. She's saying, this is about God. Let's do it. Let's trust him. Let's make it. We serve a great God, folks. There's a lesson here. Worship God in an extravagant way. Put him first. Serve God. Bring others. Let other people see it. Prior prioritize Christ in your life. Mary said, man, I'm giving Christ a priority. I can sell this ointment. I can give this ointment, but I'm giving it to Christ. And then we see this lesson learned terrible of Judas's response to extravagant worship, to G- Judas's response to putting Christ first, Judas's response to the value of service. Old Judas is like, man, we could be feeding people. We could be doing things. Stop it. Let's serve God in an extravagant way, Kevin. Let's put him first. Let's make him the priority. Yeah. Contrast Mary and the narcissist Judas, you know, Mary does something great for God. It's just a sacrifice. And she didn't even do anything. She just let something go. Judas, unfortunately, used it as an opportunity to draw the attention to himself. Classic narcissistic trait right there. But, you know, it's, I think we, in order to be like Mary, we need to 
say, God's been so good to me. He raised my brother from the dead. I was ready to lose my mind in doubt and darkness. And suddenly Jesus showed up and exceeded my expectations, surprised all of us. I'm, rem- I'm reminded, Doug, there was a time, you know, I was in IT uh, back when we were planning a church at Fort Hood, Texas, and I got a job on the side, building computers, fixing computers, doing troubleshooting uh, software. And then I became an instructor, college level instructor for the software end of it and uh, loved the job. But I had built myself a, a supercomputer just at the time. It was something really, really good. And I mean, I just, I was kind of proud of it because I, I had outfitted it with the right video card, the right sound card, the right CD-ROM, you know, all the things that you would do back in the nineties. And I, I was just praising God one day. I was saying, God, you've been so good to me. I'm so excited to be serving God. I was sitting in Louisiana and up came uh, a missionary, Brother Russell Blanchard. And he's saying, man, you know, my computer died. And immediately the Holy Spirit said, wouldn't it be good if you just gave him that supercomputer you just built? And I thought about it for about two seconds. I said, God, you've been so good. You've raised people from the dead in my life. You've done miracles. And I said, brother, you want this computer? He'd say, really? That's fantastic. And brother, it, it's, it gave me joy. I was like Mary, just excited. Five seconds. And the ointment was wonderful. Extravagant worship, man. It's it's all about God. What an act of worship. Be like Mary. Be a Mary today. Be a Martha today. Hey, folks, we really do love you. We can't wait for you to come back next Monday. Keep on praying about Kevin and his coach. May God bless you. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to our broadcast. At Help for Wounded Spirits, we believe the Bible and place great importance on you having a personal relationship with your Lord and Savior. The Bible delivers a clear and simple message of salvation, outlining how you can begin your personal relationship now. First, recognize that you are a sinner, as all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, understand that there is a cost to our sin, as the wages of sin is death. Third, realize that Jesus alone paid that price. To receive salvation, Simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart that He alone can save you, and He will. If we can help you with your salvation or to direct you to a local church, please do not hesitate to contact us. For additional helpful resources, including our new TV series, more information, or to donate and support this crucial ministry, please visit us at WoundedSpirits.com. May God bless you.